Welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Today, we are going to dive in a little bit on, I think, a very popular topic trending on the social media channels, and that is sober curiosity. Nope, we don't go that deep, but it's a nice thought to think that maybe sober curiosity has definitely blown up on the social media channels. You hear a lot of talk these days about people reassessing their uh, relationship with alcohol, and I thought it would be an interesting thing to dive into dealing with what role alcohol plays in our lives, how people are reconsidering, and how I have slightly shifted my relationship with alcohol. Welcome to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Fragging, and I'm here to help you filter out all the bullshit and become the next it girl. This podcast explores the reality of what it really takes to make it out there. As it turns out, it is way less Instagrammable than I thought it was going to be. I'm still very much a work in progress, but there's simply nothing else I'd rather be doing than chasing my dreams. So let's learn from my mistakes and work together to achieve our dreams with more confidence, clarity, and direction. Let's get after it. I think we have to start a little bit and understand American culture. I don't think this is groundbreaking to a lot of us, but you know, in other countries, you get to start drinking a lot earlier. Here, legally, it is at the age of 21. And I think that deprivation can cause this certain amount of binge curiosity because you were so deprived of it so long. And in culture, I think we have seen this idea of heavy drinking being really trendy, very cool, advertised, the party lifestyle, uh, you know, late 2000s to 2010, the era of the original party girl. And now we have even seen a little bit more of that alcohol culture come to life in social media. We've seen it with influencers like Alex Earl, you know, being open about how much she drinks in college. And it's very interesting because even when I was in high school, YouTubers and other people, you know, considered in the public eye were somewhat quiet about their party heavy drinking vibe because they were shamed in the media. You know, we're talking about this is the time of Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, you know, being slammed in the media for being the party girl. At the same time, we have the rising YouTuber stars who are teenagers, some late teenagers, and they are keeping partying completely off their platforms. Since then, a good amount of YouTubers have come forward and said that, you know, at these, you know, crazy events, they would have alcohol after, you know, just normal teenage stuff. But the relationship with alcohol is so wild and crazy. And we have this excessive amount of binge culture built in to society and American culture. It's, you know, not such a casual wine. It's a crazy party, a wild night, a bender. And that is be into your head that that is the way to have fun. And I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just not saying that it doesn't always have to be the only way. 
So one of the reasons I have reassessed my relationship with alcohol and it has changed is because I've been on Accutane uh, since the beginning of this year, a medication that you are not supposed to drink alcohol on. So not saying that I did that, but I did have to tailor my drinking down significantly. And, you know, I'm in my late 20s. So my relationship was naturally already changing. And I found myself going out, acting like I was younger than I am, drinking a lot more and feeling pretty shitty, you know, as the story, as the story goes, um, not new to many of us. And when you're younger, obviously your body can handle it better. Not a doctor, not going into that. But I then suddenly had the excuse of I'm on Accutane and I was like, oh, wait, like, why am I leaning so into the excuse of that? I'm not, like, going to be out all night. I'm not going to be drinking insane. I'm not getting, like, fucked up. I suddenly had that, and I was leaning very into it. So it kind of caused me to make the adult shift that's maybe my life was calling for or some people would consider age-appropriate. And it did really start to change how I'd been drinking. I was just going out, having one drink or no drinks. And at first I didn't miss it at all because it felt like so many weekends had been so shitty on Sundays. I was like, oh no, I feel like crap. I, you know, at first like the complete like cut and dry, I'm getting none of this felt really, really nice. And then honestly about now, and I have had a few nights out. I am feeling this crazy need to go out and have like a bender because like I've burned out this beginning of this year, I feel like has been insanely busy for me. Not hard. I mean, sure. It's, I think every year is in some ways hard for people, but I've had a busy year so far. So I'm feeling this need to have a bender. And, you know, part of me really thinks I just need to do it and like have this part of me run free and, you know, careless. And then, you know, I'll be able to get back to the grind really well. Cause right now I'm just really struggling to get it, the grind. But why is the alcohol the thing that gives me that, that is maybe not the most healthiest, but I wanted to say I've had a lot of success with this idea of cutting down and cutting back and not being completely sober or even like sober curious, I would say like I am light, unsober influenced, lightly unalcohol influenced, I guess. The big thing is the anxiety, the effects of drinking have really mentally just absolutely rocked me when I am that depleted, when anyone is that depleted and you've had this like amazing rush of serotonin, I guess, and then you wake up the next morning and you're ripping an anxiety of, did I do something stupid? Was I too much? I feel so crappy. I need to get my life together. Like the dread that my natural anxiety is already on expands by like twofold. I think that's a very common effect. It's only created more like anticipatory dread, which is something I'm really working on right now. And it's made me realize that drinking seems to me 
or has seemed to me in the past that it's an all in or an all out thing. You're either going out, having a bender, having a night, full blown dancing, or you're staying at home. And I think that the place to be is the place in the middle. And if you have one night that swings, I'm having a bender, and I have one night that sings, I'm staying home, balance is the absolute way to go. So you want to live in the world of balance, which is a whole nother thing. I think the word balance gets kind of like a cheesy rap because what is balance? Everyone's balance is different. So I would say that if you are drinking a lot often and you are waking up often and feeling that this isn't how you want to be spending every Sunday or Monday, that it's time to reassess what the alcohol is giving you. Is it giving you the time to check out? Are you feeling that that is the only way to have fun? Do you attach all your socializing to having a night of drinking? I think identifying what the factor is for me is the key to understanding why it's important. And I think I'm starting to realize that I associate having a night out with just being fully social. And if I'm not fully social by drinking, then I feel like what's the point? No, what's, there's no point in going out. And I need to reshape that thinking of realizing that, you know, I can go out, drink less as I have been and still be social. So that is why I'm calling this method of dealing with defluenced alcohol. Skip the pregame. And by that, I'm talking about reduce the intake. It is absolutely astounding when we would all go to the doctors and you'd have to fill out that form or they'd ask you how many drinks you had in a week. And you would count how many drinks you had in a night. And then we probably all just lied and said that was how many we had in a week. And I was like, oh, no, that's a night. And now I go home and I count the entire drinks for the weekend. And I'm like actually telling the truth to my doctor. That's growth, ladies and gentlemen. Skip the pregame is the idea for me of literally skipping the pregame. Yes, the pregame is much cheaper and cost effective to attend. So you could say skip the going out, but I prefer skip the pregame. I get more time to relax at home. I get to go out. I get to get dressed. Maybe I'll make a cute TikTok before, whatever. So I no longer like to attend the pregame because I do feel like the pregame creates this mentality of we got to go. It's happening and go and social and, you know, drinks aren't poured professionally and the excess amount just goes up so much more for me in the pregame. So I would rather skip that whole step, not rush it. And, you know, when everybody tells me they're calling Ubers, I'm getting ready, I'm feeling great. Maybe I'll have a little sip of wine or something and head out the door and meet people there. And then you are there for the main event. Everybody's already feeling it and you can just join in. Also, I think the dangers of the pregame is People tend to drink very, very fast, very, very quickly, and then it hits you like an hour later and because it's like not quite caught up with you. And that's something I've really been reflecting on as my baby cousin goes into college, the idea that 
you go so fast so quickly. And, you know, if you're new in that environment, you don't understand it. Not something I think a lot of us are dealing quite in the same way. But if you are not drinking in that first environment, you can stay up later. You can go longer. You can dance harder. You can talk more because you're not already in the slop part of it, which, you know, the slop can be a little fun too. I'm not saying that it's not. But it's being very mindful because you have no need to rush. You're already at the event and you can join right in. And I think that's why it's so fun. Is that the word for this? It's so refreshing. It's not fun. It's refreshing to skip the pregame and enjoy just the main event. And in the past, I have felt like by the time I get to the main event, all I want to do is go home because like the alcohol is hitting, maybe not as hard and I don't, I'm not binge drinking and I'm just instantly tired and I'm like, whatever, I haven't seen anyone. I'm not as fresh. I was probably rushing to get there and I just want to go home. So I want to introduce the idea of skipping part of the event to give yourself more time, more clarity and less drinking so you can continue to do the things you want to be doing. Mindful drinking is so important to discuss because that is not what is emphasized in American culture. The casual drink, the one or two. I think setting your boundaries about what drinking is going to be like in a night is important and also to share it with friends. The number one thing that happens to people who are sober curious, newly sober, or, you know, just trying to reduce their alcohol as you go out with a bunch of friends that you've always been drinking with, you know, you know them from college, you know them as your party friends, and you go out and you're drinking less, they automatically want you to do what? They want you to drink with them. They want you to drink more. And you have to lie. No, I'm kidding. I'm not, though. You can lie. You can say you're on Accutane. You're doing a cleanse. You are drinking sparkling water with no vodka in it. It doesn't matter. And I know that that mentality of we're all getting fucked up tonight is so fun to give into sometimes, but you don't have to give into it all the time. So setting your boundaries about what kind of night you're trying to have, what kind of weekend you're trying to have, because that's the thing with anxiety that has happened the older I've gotten and the more I think fear that I'm not getting where I want to be in my life is that anxiety used to just last the day after. Now it's the day after that as well. Sometimes it's the day after that. So now we're talking into Wednesday if it was a Saturday night. That's a lot of time and energy to give up to anxiety. So setting the boundary in the moment, before the moment, is always something, I mean, we all know to know your limits. So basic. The tips to stay out, drink glasses, drink a coffee, have an espresso martino, get it done at the same time. Only have one because they're not easy to chug at all. Stay confident in the choices you've made to have one or two drinks, have one less, have one drink every two hours, whatever they is, tailoring it down. You can do what is called making your drink tall. So you say like, I want a vodka soda tall. So then they will hopefully give you a taller glass with more mixer with the same amount of alcohol, but it's diluted. It should last you longer. Also probably a little bit of a better bang for your buck, I'd hope. You can set up a no shot policy. You will not be taking any shots. 
you will only be drinking the drink of the night in a drink and that's it. No shop policy, no exceptions. Even if someone buys you it, you can ask for a mixer, dump it in there and drink it. I do that one often because I never can finish a shot anymore. Then there's always sticking to a lighter beer um, or they make non-alcoholic beers now, which are very popular with some people. And you can drink the lightest beers and stick with that. A, you'll get full, maybe a little bloated, but they will last you through a good chunk of time. The best tips is also like, I've just got stuff to do tomorrow. And that's that's a good enough reason. Or, you know, I'm going to the farmer's market with an old friend. There's There's no reason that that should be taken away from you because other people want you to continue to drink. You know, there's always alternate ways to socialize with people, which is something I'm really trying to work on. You know, going out to dinner, you can have a drink. You don't have to have eight. You can go on a hike. I don't know. That's something people are into, but not me personally. There are other ways to socialize. There is attending a million events that are usually involved in a city, you know, finding workout buddies. There are many other things to do than socialize with drinking. And I think with the push of sober curiosity that we're seeing so much on social media, I think they're only going to become more and more popular. I heard a TikTok or Reel mention that they think that by the time our kids are grown up, drinking is going to be what cigarettes is to us. I don't know if that's going to be completely true or not, but I think it shows that there's being a cultural mindset, a little bit shift around what drinking is. Obviously, we all know that there's health benefits to reducing your alcohol consumption and practicing the mindful drinking. I mean, obviously people say mind clarity, health internally, liver function. I had previously had eczema um, on my elbows. I did a candida cleanse in 2018 or 19. I think it was 2019, 30 days of this really strict diet that involved no alcohol. And my eczema has never come back on my arms. That had to do with like the gut and the liver because I wasn't drinking. So obviously the absence of that is going to help your body in multiple ways. And I do want to reiterate that I'm not saying don't drink. I'm not saying don't have fun nights. It's great to go all in certain times, but it just doesn't have to be all the time. Having one drink less or two drinks less or no drinks at all doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. And reassessing your relationship with alcohol at every stage in your life, I think, is important from the time you start drinking at whatever age it is, looking at what alcohol means to you now. Does it label you someone who's cool? Does it label you as a party or why is that important? You know, in the next stage of your life, you know, just accepting or thinking like, oh, alcohol is part of my social life, but why is it part of your social life? And then as you get older and older, you know, what is this? relationship mean to me is still an important question to ask. So that is why I encourage you to find your own method of skip the pregame. I'm enjoying the fuck out of it, getting a little bit more sleep on the weekends. And honestly, I've been working a lot on the weekends and love it, hate it. And you know, sometimes you might need a bender and that's okay. That is why you should consider reassessing your relationship 
with alcohol. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show.